Hello, everybody. This is Noble, and welcome back to another episode of Noble Relating, the new paradigm. I'm here with another special guest, um, a friend of mine that I met several years ago that I recently uh, got to reconnect with in a Tantra class. And um, we've you know, really been talking, have some really deep discussions uh, lately and trying to get back into things with each other. And uh, yeah, I just want to you know, really pick her brain and whatnot after we had a dope conversation the other day. So everybody, uh, please welcome um, my friend, my homie, my partner, uh, the guy. Say hello. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Hello, hello, hello. Blissful blessings. That's my thing to say. <laughs> All right. How you doing, darling? I'm doing great. I, I, I'm doing amazing. Life is good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I just want to kind of jump right into it, if you don't mind. Um, and one thing I wanted to talk about today was the science of astrology and energy in relationships. Because the last okay. time I talked to you, um, you seemed like you kind of had some good thoughts on that. And um, you, know, you felt like you really were into astrology or whatnot. So could you maybe talk to the people about the importance of astrology when it comes to relating with others or a relationship spirit? Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. So I don't call myself um, an astrologist, <laughs> but I do use astrology as a tool. It is a tool in my toolbox. Okay. And so um, it is something that I use very heavily in my relationships. And it is something that I suggest that people use when they are relating with people because it's a way to connect with people who we desire to connect with in a non-judgmental way. Why? Because if I can go read in a book or on the internet that people born in your time of the year, your day of the year, you know, around your time in your area, y'all typically act like this. (laughs) Then I don't have to take that behavior so personally and I can learn how to work with that energy so the way that I utilize astrology is in that in that very plain sense is that it's very very individual yet it's interdependent so all the people who are born you know on July 20th that's my birthday I'll just use me all the people who are born July 20th right no matter what year they typically have similar traits. And so if I can know that most people who are born July the 20th have these types of traits, then that helps me to better understand and connect with people who were born July the 20th. We can just do it that basic. It doesn't have to be, you know, where you you have to delve into what is your horoscope for the day. That is a level of, of using astrology for sure. But that's not the way you have to use it when you're going to use it in relationships so for me it's about connecting i like to look at also the signs other than the sun sign you know the sun sign is that's just the most popular thing it is our sign of expression that's the sign that we usually um develop you know first because we are living in a society we live in a social world so that is what we usually develop first but all of the planets were in alignment to in a certain way when you were born And so they all matter, you know? And so your moon sign, that matters. That's the way that you emotionally connect to people and to yourself. The moon 
uh, that energy from that planet, it determines in the ways in which we manipulate and the ways in which we get our emotional needs met. And everybody manipulates and everybody needs to get their emotional needs met. And so if we could understand that it is moon energy that determines the uh, the character that we're going to get our needs met or the character in which we're going to manipulate a situation then we can better understand the way we behave in situations so i like just the plain you know the basics like of what the planets do and the zodiac signs are really is are in the personality that that energy comes in so if we can just use it in that sense it doesn't have to be you know so so scary or so far out there because the planets are what the planets are and and we all know that the planets exist so Mm -hmm. i like let's just use them in ways that's going to help us connect better so Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty much the way i I, I, when i meet people or i'm going to connect with someone i like to know of course what their sun sign is but i also like to know what's their moon sign what's their venus what's their mars and what's their mercury okay and I'll tell you why those are important if I'm, if I'm talking too much coming. Well, no, go ahead. Like, um, I definitely want you to break that down. Like, um, just like, it kind of just kind of start from like a beginner level course. Like somebody who doesn't know what, like you kind of briefly said sun and moon, um, mm-hmm. you Venus, Mercury, all that stuff. Just briefly kind of say like what those are, what those planets govern when it comes yes. to the story. So people, Absolutely. So people yeah. So the reason why they're important, I want to know about a person's um, moon sign, like I already said, because that's the way we emotionally connect to people. That's how we get our needs met emotionally. That's the ways in which we manipulate situations in order to get our needs met. But I also like to know what's the mer- your Mercury sign, because the Mercury is going to tell me the way in which you think about things, you know, mm-hmm. the way in which you communicate with me, you know. So like, for instance, me, my Mercury is in cancer. So that means I'm fucking sense can i cuss on your podcast i'm sorry yeah, she came say what you want okay <laughs> but i'm fucking sensitive <laughs> and so i'm my son is is cancer and my mercury is uh cancer and so that means i'm i'm gonna be you know a little tiptoey around the way in which i communicate things i don't want to hurt people's feelings and I don't want people to hurt my feelings, but also I'm still the cancer, which is that crab, right? Which can bite somebody's head off real quick and then run it inside of its shell to protect itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but but when I know what the Mercury sign is, it lets me know how a person thinks. So, so knowing that I'm a my Mercury is in Cancer, then you can automatically know. Okay, Kadesh is sensitive as fuck. So let me, if I'm gonna say this to her, she can take it. But let me let her know that I know that she's sensitive. So that way she can prepare for this blow because she could take a hit, but her feelings get hurt even. Mm-hmm. So that lets me know. If, if I know that my partner, uh, we're moving on to the Venus. Uh, Venus is a, the way you, um, have, well, one, the way you love and like the way you feel like you're worthy and the way we act, you access your self-worth. Um, Venus also has to do with um, like the... Uh, the way you see beauty, you know, the way you see, uh, the way you pleasure. So my my Venus is in Gemini, and so it's a, which is an air sign which needs freedom. 
So, of course, I'd be someone who is in open relationships because my Venus sign talks about the fact that I need freedom, right? So, those so when we know these things, like someone with a a Venus in Scorpio could probably be monogamous because they really love that deep connection with other people and you know knowing what else someone wants and if they have you know a partner that really matches that they could ultimately be monogamous because they could be getting those things met so that's why i also love knowing that relationship options are available because then they can help us match to who we are naturally like if we're not all in here in this rat race trying to be monogamous and we understand that there's other ways that we can relate to people knowing our the zodiacs of our of the planets that are lined up for us personally can actually help us to decide how we're going to relate how we can have successful relationships um and then mars is uh which is another important sign for me to look at is uh your drive um and 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 including your sex drive and including the way you go after uh what you want and so like for me my mars is in libra so it's like I'm trepidatious on things yet once I find the balance in there like I'm I'm about to I'm we're going to go I'm ready I start off on top like ready I I can lead it and everything but I fizzle I will fizzle really quick if something goes off I'm going to start questioning the shit so th- there go that's my Mars energy so if I know these things about a partner or a prospective partner then I can know how to deal with them so sexually when my Mars is like that like you got to keep me my light my fire turned on you got to keep me lit up if you don't keep me interesting uh interested in in this then I won't last long so Mm -hmm. you know I'll start questioning the relationship or what I'm doing or if I'm bored right so knowing those planets and you know I don't have to know each and every one of them but if I know like a Mercury and a moon sign that's gonna help that's gonna help me a lot and how I'm gonna emotionally connect to this person mm-hmm. what's gonna help them feel like you know I I can join with them and how can we communicate mm, okay. if I know how to communicate with you then we can go far so Let that's how I quick... use astrology right right let me ask a quick question um how did you first get into astrology? Like, have you always been into the system to that degree where you want to, you know, um, apply it to relationships or whatnot? Is it something that you've always really done? Um, or, or like what brought you into like this way of almost, it sounds like not really quantifying, but, um, structuring your relationships or how you want to interact with people. Well, and actually it's the, it's the way in which I understand my relationships Mm -hmm. you know because it's not necessarily I'm not the type of person who's like oh no I don't fuck with Sagittarius you know I don't I don't really do that you know but there's a lot of signs who I actually haven't ever dealt with you know so I also pay attention to that but for me I started this one question what's the sign you haven't ever messed with a sign I've never like had sex with let's see so the the sign that i haven't actually ever had like a sexual or even really you know close relationship well i'm gonna say sexual we just keep it sexual a sexual relationship is i've never had sex with a sag um and or a libra Hmm. you know i'm a sag right 
I do know you're a fat. <laughs> okay. I do know you're a fat. It's just something about my mom is a fat, and so I connect well with sad women. Uh, it, so that is for sure. But sad men have not been in my in my ethers before. Okay. So okay. it's it's been an it's interesting. So it's interesting to see you know how our friendship grows. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, but anyway, back to my main question, um, how you got into um, using astrology and whatnot. Oh, yes. So I've actually, I've always been interested in astrology ever since I was a teenager. So I always, you know, going over sun signs. But it probably was about mm, 12 years ago that I um, just, I was part of this little book club. And it used to send me like a book every month. (laughs) That was the thing when you know books are really printed a lot but mm-hmm. <laughs> I had uh had this astrology book it's called spiritual astrology that was sent to me as part of my book of the month and when I got that book I I read that book in one night and so because the way the book went was you it gave you a website where you could go and download your full natal chart that's what it's called that's how you find out your sun your moon your mercury your venus your mars that's how you find out what planets uh, what sign all of your planets are in is by getting a birth natal chart. So this book gave you um, a site to go to to pull your birth natal chart, and then you can go into the book and read every piece, every planet, every you know, and and where every house was. This is how I had ultimately learned astrology. I never understood what they what houses were. I don't think I had even heard of houses. Like I only knew about sun signs and shit, right? So getting this book showed me the 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 wheel the house uh and showed me like how the planets lined up and which planet governed each house so it was a dope book and when i read my planet for each sign oh my god it was it was just it was a it was crazy i'm like this book is it really like i was like i felt like somebody had been spying on me because Mm -hmm. it was so spot on and so from there on, I promise you, I probably bought about six of those books and handed them out to a few friends. It's only a few books I've done that with, but that's one of them where I had extras <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it really helped me. And so from then I have pulled natal charts. I use apps on my phone to look at charts, but um, just for the people that are listening, everyone can get a free natal chart. Uh, by using, and I, I don't get paid for this, but by using Cafe Astrology, uh, that's C-A-F-E-A-S-T-R-O-L-O-G-Y, cafeastrology.com. And you can search for a birth natal chart and you can get a free chart from there. You need to know your birth date, the time that you were born, and the location, so the city and the state that you were born in. If you do not know your time, you can get a sunrise chart. But it's not as um, accurate as when, if you at least know the time of day that right. you were born. Right. Um, so what would you say to somebody who did believe in astrology, who said like, oh, well, you don't, it's only true or accurate because you believe it is? Like, have you right. really study or, or stuff to really look at different options to see that it is accurate? Or like, how do you, how do you feel about that? I used to teach astrology in college. I used to be a, a college professor and I used to work with uh, people who were studying to be uh, therapists or um, or probation and parole officers. So it was criminal justice program. And so one of the things that we would do every term uh, in each of my classes is I would we would do astrology. 
and I would have the students pull their chart and we would go over certain planets in relationship to like so the class that we're doing right so from there what I always taught students was this is just a guide see astrology is, is a tool it's a guide it's not it doesn't mean that every piece is going to be correct but what you will find is that even if that's not exactly you it's an issue that you find is a part of you so some people will be like well no I don't have that problem okay well why don't you have that problem because I dealt with that a long time ago right but you know John over here never had that problem Mm. because because his signs don't line up like that so I mean his planets don't line up like that so just helping people to understand that is for one it's just a a guideline and Mm -hmm. two the purpose of the guideline is to just know yourself better the way astrology works is it doesn't work if you're not honest with yourself if you can't be honest about who you are and the thoughts that you have then it's not true and that and that's just going to be the the very basic i had a person who <laughs> her moon i did her re, i did her chart and her moon was um a leo moon mm-hmm. and she's so extravagant and she's so dramatic and she so did not like that that was her Leo Moon was her thing because that's the way she got her emotional needs met. She had to be on the stage. Everyone needed to recognize that her feelings was hurt and they all needed to come and bow to her. But she she was so mad that that, could, that was not her. <laughs> but, but that's because astrology is literally shadow work. If you're not willing to look at your shadows, then you're not able to see where you can grow. And that's what astrology helps us do is see ourselves and see where we can grow. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's why it's good for relationships because it can help you see a person and give them grace for where they can grow. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a partner who's a, a Leo moon and a Leo rising. She's definitely on the... Um extravagant side of things yes that's what the leo is and they need they are they are the actor the producer and the stage the the leo is all of it but when you know that then you can you can kind of that's probably something that attracted you to her in the first place but it's probably also the thing that annoys you about her but knowing that it's part of her makeup can help you understand her better yeah, it was definitely something that um, if I really realized it, her feminine energy, her outward feminine energy reflects my inward feminine energy. So mm. like, the on the inside want to be like her a little bit, not that extreme. But I do mm. need to um, I did need to understand some of those characteristics and be able to embrace that to understand her better. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you I, know I do. where Leo is in your chart? Uh, I don't really think I even have too much Leo in my chart. Um, okay. Like I'm a you know, Scorpio sun, uh, Pisces moon, uh, Gemini rising, uh, Venus is in Scorpio, Mars is in Libra, I think, or Capricorn, one of the two. Um, okay. I don't I don't have much Leo in my chart. So okay. it's, definitely, it's definitely like a like a potential for me. Right. Or maybe even taking a look at when you do get a chance to look at your chart even further, look at your fifth house. Leo rules the fifth house. And so if you have whatever planets that you may have sitting in the fifth house, that is where you could 
utilize being more extravagant and more dramatic and more willing to be seen is based on whatever's sitting in your fifth house. Okay, I'll have to look at that because I'm not I'm not too familiar. I haven't I know about the houses, but I haven't really broken that part down too too much. You know? Yeah, it's so much to astrology. That's why I say I'm not an astrologist because there's things I don't know a damn thing about. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever looked at someone's chart? Um, like somebody had romantic interest or something and looked at his chart and was like, nope, not going to do it? Uh, no, because I'm always here for the lesson. But I have looked at someone's chart and realized we probably won't work. Mm-hmm. Or was it? Well, just because of the, the differences, you know, just because. And for me, so see, I've got the Scorpio moon and my Scorpio moon needs passion and needs intensity. And so if someone has like a uh, an, a moon that, like an air, you know, an air sign or um, even, well, sometimes I do well with Aquarius though, because Aquarius, Aquarius like to detach. However, since I'm that Cancer and a Scorpio moon, I'm going to suck you in, you know, so I like the challenge because of the intensity <laughs> that, that comes with it. So. <laughs> yeah, some of the women I fell in love with have or several, like since me being poly, several of the women that I've been really attracted to have had Scorpio moons. <laughs> I don't really know what that is with me. How like... matches your Scorpio Venus? Say again? Your Scorpio Venus, you know, like, oh yeah, uh, you know, if you've got this Venus that is sitting in that Scorpio energy and then you're attracting women who are Scorpio moon, but for one, both of y'all like the intensity. The intensity feeds your self-worth and your sensual connection. And the intensity feeds the Scorpio moon's uh, emotional connection. So that's what's going to make you guys work. But it's also probably very womb choosy, right? Like very intense, could be a little toxic, very, you know, just (laughs) over the top with it. But that's because y'all also Scorpio demands loyalty, right? So you guys probably end up last in a while because you're so addicted to this sense of being committed to it, you know? So it would work if for a little bit, you know? And, and we have to all be conscious of, of our energy so that we can make it work for us instead of against us. Right. But it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I definitely... Um... I definitely understand that in terms of some of my, you know, the women that I have in my life that are Scorpio moons or whatnot. That is, yeah, <laughs> they're still. <laughs> <a little. laughs> and that Pisces moon of yours, that wa- that still, it's all that water, and that water is, oh, that water can be intense when it's water and water because it's so emotional, and and the things that are intense about it are unseen so it's a lot of feminine energy in there you know because it's, it's, it helps us just deal with our which is womb choosy yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, gonna be yeah. a womb choosing type of situation right which for me um i'm not really too i'm not a big proponent of womb choosing relationship mm-hmm. like I, I can handle one or two of those at a time but like more than that i'm like it's, it's too much i prefer like even a nice support choice like yeah well because womb choice is difficult yeah and for people who are listening to the podcast who may not be aware um when i say when i say things like womb choice or support choice manifestation choice or crown choice those are actually terms that i get from progressive love academy i'm a progressive love um 
know, graduate feminine power coach and Kadesh. Me and too. I, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Kadesh and I uh, met in that system. So when we say those words, that's where we're getting it from. It's from a progressive yeah. book. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Go so, check it out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so how do you, like, you're polyamorous, is that correct? Uh, I don't want to use that word anymore. I am. <laughs> how, how would you define yourself? I am on this space right. I'm in this space right now. As I call that because it's that powerful. It is. I am freedom centered connection space, <laughs> mm. and freedom centered connections really is no matter who I'm dealing with, whether it's a sexual relationship or non sexual relationship, whether it's my children, my mama you know, my grandmother, you know, allowing people to just be who they are and having what are my limitations and my boundaries of being in that relationship, but also with the expectation and and uh, understanding that I'm going to also be who I am. And the connection that we have with each other is our choice. And we are free to continue to choose each other. We can choose each other monogamously if that's what we choose. We can choose each other polyamorously. We can choose each other once a year. We can choose each other every seven years. Whatever we choose is our choice. And you have the the power to come and go as you please. And that's very difficult. I understand that. However, I realize that the more freedom that I have given in relationships and that I have received in relationships the more committed I have become in those relationships and so one of the things we're so afraid of is that if if we're free to do whatever we want then we won't commit you know if my, if my partner is free to do whatever they want then they won't come back here and the truth is if my partner is free to do whatever they want and they won't come back here then they wasn't supposed to I want partners who are free to do whatever they want and they choose to come back here because that's the most that's the that's the most juiciest delicious relationship is one that is made in choice so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i am freedom centered because i no longer want to uphold to any kind of rule and even polyamory has a box and i just have found that after this you know i've been in a 21 going on 22 year relationship so ever since i was 20 years old I've been in this relationship and one of the things that I've learned is that every time we have broken another wall of rules and expectations, we have become closer instead Mm -hmm. of becoming further. But every time we try to put rules and uh, a boundary around our relating, Mm -hmm. we drift further apart. So I'm just deciding and it's actually new and I talk about it in my podcast because it's something that I really want to I want to share my journey because I'm doing this for myself but just completely breaking free of the expectations of the way people relate to me you know but only having the way that I'm going to relate in relationships and allowing people to be who they are Mm. what's been the difficulty in that for you that sounds like a very powerful journey but I'm sure it has to be somewhat difficult. Also, where has been the difficulties for you? Is it like oh just- God? I want to possess a motherfucker. I want you to come mm-hmm. get in my cage, and can you just wait there till I come back? Like that. <laughs> 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 right. 
the thing. Yeah. Ooh. So this is this is how I know it's my work. <laughs> One, because mm-hmm. in order to do this, I have to let go. I have to. I can't. I can't have people in my cage. You know, nobody wants to sit in my cage and wait for me to come back, you know, unless they do. <laughs> <laughs> unless they do, I got it. <laughs> and so that's probably been the most difficult is releasing possession, because right. that's hard for me. I'm a Scorpio Moon and a Cancer Sun. I'm possessive as fuck. Mm. What about those two energy energetics of uh, Cancer Sun and Scorpio Moon? Um, you know, leads to a possessive nature. Do you feel like that's like, again, part of the energetics of your astrology or is it part of like learned behavior? Oh, it's part, it's both. But see, because the way astrology works is you only learn the behavior because of your sign. Mm, okay. You see, that's why everybody's problems are not the same. Right. So you get a certain problem because you're developing a certain thing. I get these problems because I'm developing a certain thing so I get problems of wanting to possess and control in relationships because I'm learning to share the power in my relationships I'm learning that inst- because I'm so intuitive for people what they need and for how to connect with people and how to support people then in order for me to have success in my relationships I need to allow them to do the same for me, I need to allow them to do the same for themselves. I need to allow them to do it in the, whichever way they're gonna do it, mm-hmm. and and that's what's difficult for this. So though it's the water, though. Those are both water signs. Water mm-hmm. is emotion, and water contains like an emotion. It flows, but it also can be contained, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the possession is wanting to put people in my cage. <laughs> and, and if I'm right, Scorpio is a is a fixed water sign, is that correct? That is right. Okay. And, and what cancer are, is cardinal. What does that mean? Fiery. Mm, it's like a, a hot, initiator. Hot yes, okay. it is the hot water. And Pisces would be uh muted. Which means it goes with it all. Okay, it goes with all. So it's more well-rounded, like you can go either way. Yes. Huh, okay. And there's there's four or three um, sides of each element? No, uh, there's four because there's fixed. So there's fixed, cardinal, muted. Nope, I guess that's it. Fixed, cardinal, muted. Yeah, yes. Scorp- Scorpio, Pisces, Cancer are the, are the water signs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so fixed. Okay. Yeah, that's it. There's just those three. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to break down all of it today. We ain't got enough time to go through every single. <laughs> right, thing. and they're gonna be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Right. So, <laughs> don't worry about the elements for every sign, but every sign is attached to an an element, and but, and you don't have to worry about if it's fixed, muted, or cardinal. Don't worry about that unless you want to really delve into yeah. astrology. Can you briefly describe um, how the signs? In the rabbit the elements, because I know, like, for example, I'm a Sagittarius, which is a fire sign, my sun mm-hmm. sign. Could you briefly describe maybe, like, uh, any overarching characteristics between, like, maybe fire signs, water signs, air signs, and earth signs? Absolutely, yeah, that's quick. So, for instance, like, our store, my store is called Fire and Water, right? And those break are... it down? You say break it down? Yeah, the where's your store at? Oh, 
<laughs> in Lawrenceville, Georgia. We are the only metaphysical wellness store in the world because that doesn't exist. So <laughs> come holla at us so you can learn what metaphysical wellness is. But that is fire and water, fire, F-Y-R-E, and water, W-A-T-A. Find us everywhere, fire.wada, you can find us. But the idea of that is that these are two elements and elements are what we utilize every day, whether we know we're using it or, or not, but these are just, the, these are the God system. This is what God gave us as elements. And so we have um, earth, water, fire, and air. And like Noble, like you're saying, Sagittarius is a fire sign. Aries is a fire sign. Leo is a fire sign. And what the, that means is that fire is usually an initiator. It's a destroyer. It's, um, it's like the action starter. It's like the, it's the all over the place, but like with, you know, like drama <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just what the fire sign is it's coming to tear shit up <laughs> and then you've got the water sign and water is emotion and it's the way emotion is being held and you've got the earth sign and oh well who's water we talked about that cancer pisces and scorpio um and then you've got earth signs and then the earth signs are your uh capricorn virgo and taurus Okay, and that is our uh, how we stay grounded and like how we stay connected to, you know, to Mother Earth. And then we have our air signs, which is um, Aquarius, Gemini and Libra. And that is the way we think and the way we actually maneuver through this system um, and the way we actually like flow through life. But um, but mentally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's our understanding. So that would be just a, very, a quick synopsis of the way elements play in, um, in astrology. So if you just know your sun sign, you can listen from what I just said, you can rewind it and go back to see what element is your sun sign in if you don't know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's, uh, that's really deep. You know, um, I've really got into this stuff kind of not too long ago. Um, my same Scorpio partner, uh, with the Leo Moon, she's the one who really kind of started me on the path of like understanding the different sun signs and all that stuff and talking to me about mm-hmm. that. I definitely would credit her for uh, talking to me about that aspect. And um, I have really found that there is some overarching similarities. Like I didn't even know that most of the women I was attracted to were Scorpio moons. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I didn't know that I was like, I kept showing up. Yes. Yes. And you know, that's probably because when I think about it right now, like thinking about you coming into my life, you know, the Scorpio moon is the support choice, you know? And so since that is also your attraction is being a support choice, it's like you give the Scorpio moon the opportunity to submit. Mm. And that's what, well, at least because, so when I think about it, when being having the Scorpio moon, I can be very possessive and very controlling. But when and that's in my negative space. But when I'm in a positive space in my Scorpio moon, I am uplifting people and showing them how amazing and powerful they are. And so, getting someone who is attracted to my Scorpio moon, what they're what I'm thinking, you know, this is, I could be making this up. I'm always making it up, right? So <laughs> what I'm thinking is that someone attracted to my Scorpio moon is coming in because they want to provide, it's giving me the opportunity to get what I provide, which is that support, which is that uplifting, 
you know so if I'm because when I'm in my positive self I am that for other people and then because of that my reward is receiving that from someone else mm-hmm. whether it's those same people who I was doing it for or not mm-hmm. right I understand I get that so and because you are so support choice driven yeah see because even I'm not gonna name names but that's right we are both Scorpio Moon she is Scorpio Moon that's right <laughs> and you <laughs> yeah, that it. is right yeah. yes yeah, yeah but that would be why because we need Scorpio Moon needs that they need that the same support that they give out mm, interesting yeah interesting. I like that thank you for that I didn't even yeah yeah it's been a thing have you felt um, have you noticed in your journey of any signs that kind of keep you know um, coming up for you like any particular like sign or placements like for me again mostly a lot of women in Scorpio moons but any sign or placements that kind of tend to show up for you and the men that you're attracted to or um, in your relationships I'm gonna say not so much like when I think about majority of my relationships it's there's a few men who have been the same sun sign. Actually, I have a few men who were not very serious relationships, very deep connections, like really great connections. Mm-hmm. And they were all have the same birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all of them were born on Jesus' birthday. So I thought that that was that's interesting for me. And they're all really nice, intense, good sexual partners, but none of them serious relationships. And they're all Capricorn, which is my opposite. Yeah, it's a like cancer. So that would be the main similarity, but none of them, um, I guess if anything, what they all taught me was a non-attachment, right? Like allowing someone to come and go, allowing it to be whatever it is. That, mm-hmm. that would definitely, because we, we had a very intense and good connection, each, each one of them I did, and for a long time, like for several years. So, and they were, and they all had the same birthday. So yeah, that is probably, thank you for asking that question because I don't think I'd really thought about that. But they have all taught me how to, you know, let, uh, let a person, let a man, I'll say a man, because that's the majority of my intense relationships have been with men, but letting a man just be free to do what he's going to do mm-hmm. without judgment, without him needing to do something to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. you know and and still being willing to be soft and 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 juicy when I'm with him mm-hmm. so you know because a lot of us we be pissed off that a, a nigga didn't do what we want them to do and now <laughs> when they come around we got an attitude so, <laughs> so um, one last question before I let you go um you, you do have children correct oh god I have a ton of children and a grandbaby on the way all right um congratulations Thank you. Uh, my question would be, do you use astrology and energetics and stuff and, and things like that into the um, development or the loving of your children? Like how do you I incorporate do. that? How so? I don't I don't think I use it enough with them as like I would like to, but mainly because like half of my children are grown, the other half are teenagers. And so mainly because when I started to really delve into this, 
they were they were young and I didn't know how right I'm a lot of us coming out of Christianity and things like that so not really knowing how to you know make it a part of them when not feeling like I was pressuring them into you know doing what I was doing because still my family is not you know into what I do so what I do more so do is just have it as part of conversation you know like oh well you know you're a cancer or you know you got that sad rising you know so I do it like that so that if they're interested they can ask or they can do the research but and because when children excuse me when children have parents like me they're complete assholes they think they know everything because you know everything so So they don't let you teach them nothing so you know i just make sure i'm talking about it enough because they hear it and then they think they know all of it and now they're telling their friends and so (laughs) (laughs) they're not asking you no questions about nothing they ain't asked me shit you know I get it do you do you wish you would have known that like do you feel like it would have helped you more if you had known that when you were a young mother coming up absolutely there's a lot of things I wish I would have known you know but I just go with it no regrets but you know I wish I had known about vaccinations and I wish I had known about feminine power and about masculine energy and the flow of those two things like in a real way like when I did finally learn about masculine feminine energy I taught a sex class like two times for teenagers, you know, <laughs> helping them to understand how to bring this dance of masculine and feminine energy into their sex lives as teenagers so they can get a good yes from a girl and a girl can give a good yes, you know, and and be okay with having pleasure and, and actually having an orgasm, not just having sex because a boy wants them to. But mm-hmm. when I learned that, I that was something that I did. I didn't give a shit if anyone was in agreement or not. <laughs> I brought that to the kids. It was yeah. something that was very overwhelmingly powerful for me as a mom and so if you have some was... time, could you maybe go into that a little bit because um <laughs> that was just funny that you say that because i remember one time when i was maybe about 10 years ago my mm-hmm. mother um heard about this program that they were doing in my hometown of west virginia where they were like you know having they needed somebody to go around the different schools and talk to teenagers about sex mm. and the main thing was like they wanted to really have the kids or somebody to talk to the kids about abstinence or, or economy. Right. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. like, don't, like, abstinence is terrible. Why would I, like, you can't, right. it doesn't make sense to, to try to teach no. them not to do it. Cause, like, with all those hormones and stuff, teenagers, like, I don't see how you expect teenagers to just not. No. You know what I'm saying? teaching them how to do it instead of how not to do it. Right. So, um, could you just maybe kind of just go into that just a little bit um, in terms of how that was? actually went about teaching a teenage boy you know how to interact with women with a girl or vice versa well you know so like I said I do it in a matter of masculine and feminine and one of the ways that I like to talk and teach about feminine energy you know this it's definitely not a um, it's not a it's not the popular way but that the feminine energy is to be worshipped the feminine energy is to be fed and taken care of 
you know, and, and because when a woman is in her full feminine self, she is creative. She is able to, she can make anything happen. Mm-hmm. And, and when we allow that, that energy to, to come through, then, then we're winning. And like, especially when it comes to sex, like boys understand that they're going to come. Mm-hmm. If, if a girl lets them fuck, they're going to come. They know this. What they don't know is how to make a girl come. And so mm-hmm. what they don't know how to do is how to get her to feel good, how to get her to feel safe and vulnerable. So teaching them about their masculine energy, teaching them about when they can hold the state of presence, when they can be aware of how a woman is feeling, how a girl is feeling and they can pay attention to how to make her feel safe, how to make her feel connected, how to make her feel honored and like she wants to be here. She wants to give it up. She wants to have sex with you. And to the girls, if you don't feel safe and vulnerable and like you want to explore, then it's not the guy. Mm. So both of those having to be at play. And, And for boys, getting a good guess, like a girl should be begging you to get some dick. Mm. And that's how you know she wants it. Mm-hmm. So giving them the, just the, so, you know, if I could just say basic, right? Because my training also comes, you know, same as you, progressive love. So like I am a feminine uh, power one-on-one uh, coach as well. And so taking the masculine traits and taking the feminine traits and explaining them to them and explaining them how they can be in that space. And, and really the lover energy and, and really the, the negotiator energy, right? Because that's where our teenagers are when they're, you know, coming up in this space. They're either in that lover and negotiator or they're in that Osset and Heru, right? But <laughs> they are in those spaces. They want to make babies or they want to just make love. <laughs> and so giving them, like letting them understand what that even feels like and helping especially young girls to understand that, that even that desire to want to make babies is really their desire to want to use this creative sexual energy that they have and that they're feeling. And it doesn't mean that they necessarily want to Maybe, but they want to create something. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. So coming from there, I never thought about trying to explain that to um, to teenagers or really how to break that down to them. I think that's really a powerful thing. We may do. We may come back on and do a whole podcast about that. <laughs> yes, day. let's do it. And I'm gotta have you on my podcast. Well, hey, let me know when, girl. I'm ready. Yes, yes, I will. This is great. This has been fun. I, yeah. I appreciate all the questions. I kind of like the hot seat. <laughs> all right. I'm happy you did. You did a good job. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, thanks again. I definitely want to have you on sometime again. And um, I love to forward to being over with you. And uh, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of a new paradigm. Tune in next week. We're going to have another guest for y'all. And uh, stay loving. Peace. Peace.